Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify Him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles. Yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Guys with Bibles. I'm Scott. I'm Sean. And I'm Lee. And we're going to be diving back into Ephesians 3 today. Um, Along with it, it is Valentine's Day. So, happy Valentine's Day, you two goons. Yay! Yeah, love is an illusion. (laughs) I bought myself a box of chocolate. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That's how sad I am. You I bought myself a tank of gas. Tell you I opened the box. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even right. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the wrong quote. <laughs> no, that's Forrest Gump. No, it's my mama said. Life is like a, box, like of a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get until you, go. you open the box. There's no box. Yeah. I'll fight. Does he say that? Is. I'll fight I'm you. Bet, on I'll this. bet you money. I've seen that movie so many times. All right, everybody, folks, we have a bet going on. So, if you know the movie, let us know in the comments. (laughs) My word. So, today, we are actually in Ephesians 3. We are just moving our way through this letter. And we're going to go through until we hit verse 7. Um... Oh, also, I do have some good news. What's that? I'm boys? having another baby. Yay! Yeah, I can't believe it. Just I'm one, pregnant. right? <laughs> yeah, just one. Oh, Thank that's, goodness. Wow. that's good. Oh, so man. you're having the baby this time and not your wife? Yeah, you know, I think we're doing the whole seahorse trial. You know? <laughs> that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to carry right. it, you know, and then pitch it off at birth. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to yep. go. So... Hey, nowadays... We're we're trying some new things around here, you know? It's 2020. Anything goes. Yeah. (laughs) Just like the old song said. What old song? Go ahead. Sing it. Congrats. Anything goes! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, so as we dive into Ephesians, we dive... um, Paul's commenting on his stewardship... um, through Christ and how Christ has, he's pretty much emphasizing. Um, he's em- he's emphasizing the the importance of not only the truth of Christ but also the mystery of Christ and in how he works uh, in accomplishing oh his mission through the gospel. I was sitting there like, 
why am I having it's a good. blank here? It's good, man. It's <laughs> it's late on a Friday night. This is this is the time for a brain to fail you. Well, it has failed. So my school book showed up on the on the doorstep. I think Tuesday Tuesday evening, and uh, my girls they they're like, "Daddy's books are here." And my wife goes, "Tell me you didn't order more books." <laughs> I said, "Well." I didn't order more books. And she goes, well, then what are these? And I said, school my ordered them. dad bought my school books. This wow. <laughs> I was like, yeah. What now? <laughs> Good on you, Jeff. Yeah. Hey, Thank you, dad. Jeff. Good going. Yeah. I'll have to tweet him. Oh, Has he, he become on, a full Lutheran yet? Is he still yet? on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. well yeah. glad he's on Twitter. Because I know he got rid of Facebook, and I know he got rid of... I think he he might still have Instagram, but I'm not positive. No, he's um, definitely active on Twitter. Yeah. Well, good. Good deal. Yeah. So Is he a Lutheran yet? Into, is he Lutheran yet? No, no, I don't okay. think he is. So, he's still a solid 1689. He just... He good. is infatuated with Chad Bird. Loves Chad Bird. <laughs> just... That guy spits gold out to him. He just... He consumes it. So <laughs> he's, a be- he's a beautiful man with a beautiful voice and a beautiful beard. And a beautiful beard. Yep. He is. He's a very intelligent man. I love Chad Bird. Great insight on the word. He's knowledgeable. Um, yes, he is Lutheran, which is not a big deal. You know, people make it out to be a big deal when it's not that big of a deal. Um, but he's an actual, not- like, real Lutheran, like, Yes, Not an exactly. ELCA Lutheran. Exactly. <laughs> Ew, gross. You know, Chad Bird has a new podcast coming out, too. Do you know about really? this? Uh-uh. Um, Streams of Mercy, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's on the Psalms. Ooh. And so uh, they'll do uh, a reading. Edward Killian will read. He's one of the pastors from the... Edward Killian, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love his sermons on... Uh, great, not grace to you. <laughs> what a uh, loser! <laughs> wow, grace to you is definitely not Lutheran. Um, see, my brain's failing too. Anyway, so he reads the psalm, and then Chad will do a little devotional based on the psalm. Talk a little bit of Hebrew, and George then George um, Whitfield impression. <laughs> no, uh, that's None? for season two, I think. That's season two. Okay, yeah. And then uh, there's a, a musical treatment afterward, which is a pretty cool addition. So, oh, that's pretty neat. I oh, saw that should be coming out soon. I saw where uh, Chad's gonna—he's working on a new devotional that's like focused in on the Hebrew of the Old Testament, and he like focuses in on a phrase or a word of a certain passage each day, and explains the meaning of that Hebrew word and all like the depth of that word. So it should be pretty cool when he's done. Yeah. That, yeah, that sounds neat. legit. It really sounds legit. I really, I'm really kind of excited about that to be honest. Yeah. With you. I'm, I'm definitely thankful that we have Chad bird in our lives that we can kind of reach out to him and talk to him and stuff like that, get his point of view. And, and he's just, he's very down to earth, you know, he'll speak with you, talk with you. And, he is not scared to answer any question. Nope. Which is, which is awesome. A lot of a lot of pastors they're intimidated by questions because questions 
lead to them where they don't know. And if they don't know, they're uncomfortable, which is normal. And, I mean, we have that same problem. So that's why we reach out to larger minds. And, Chad, if I, by the time this releases, hopefully you're feeling better. But I saw on Facebook that you were pretty sick. So uh, feel better, man. Yeah. So yeah. chapter three, um, start off in verse one. Um, we'll begin the reading, and we're just going to read through uh, verse seven. And it goes, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of the of you Gentiles, if needed, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. By referring to this, when you read you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has no now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. To be specific, the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to the gifts of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. So, we have a lot. There, This, this little section is full of theology, and it is packed into a nice little packed box. So we have Paul, who is um, explaining how he is a prisoner of Christ, um, simply for the sake of the Gentiles. And he is, if you go back to Acts chapter 9, um, Christ talks to the apostle that is in, um, I can't think of the name of the town, but he says that I am going to use Paul as an instrument. Um, to talk to the Gentiles. Um, and then, then we get into the mysteries of Christ and how the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body, and they're also fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And when he's referring to the promise, he's referring Old Testament. So he's referring all the way back to the Abrahamic covenant that was promised to Abraham, they also inherited the promise through adoption, um, through Christ Jesus, through the gospel. Um, and then he talks about how he has been made a minister according to the gifts of God um, and his working power. So God gave him the ability to be a minister of Christ and to go out and preach the gospel to his chosen people. So, we have that kind of wrapped up in a summary right now, and we are going to dissect it. So, let's get into it. So, verse 1. Tear it up. What's this prisoner of Christ? So, so prisoner of Christ, Paul is explaining how he is no longer um, bound to his own will right his sinful nature now he has been bought 
and he is now um, some sometimes he refers I think it's James he refers to himself as a slave of Christ yeah or a bond servant of Jesus Christ I think Paul does the same um, in a few areas a do loss um, yes so I think um, when Paul is explaining I am a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles he is a he is a prisoner to the gospel he is bound to doing the work of God for his master Christ Jesus is Paul's master and and he is no longer he's no longer bound to this world now he's bound to things above and not things below right um, yeah because so, you're either going to be a prisoner and servant of your own sin or a prisoner and servant of someone that can save you from your sin, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So but I think someone that's really, being JC. Exactly. So I think it's really important how Paul um, changes the wording right here and he says, I am I am the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Paul, I Paul, the prisoner of Christ. And I think it's very we don't talk like this anymore, which is, which is interesting. Um, we would never, I guess, socially be like, yeah, I am a prisoner of Christ Jesus, you know, or I am a bond servant or a slave of Christ, you know. Yep. We wouldn't, we wouldn't normally, um, in our sinful state, because we want to remain autonomous. Yeah, we don't want to be slaves of something else and that something else is in charge of our mm -hmm. destiny and our will yeah we don't our we don't want to use word pictures that have anything to do with somebody being purchased exactly you know, it or, says elsewhere in scripture that you've been bought with a price well we don't like we don't like that as contemporary people we like voluntarily jumping into something and getting ourselves obligated exactly. but we don't like it when when we we are a slave or a bond servant or a prisoner, something that's outside of our control, but the sovereign God does have control over yeah. us. And it's uh, modern language, modern English, the word prisoner or slave or uh, servant or anything like that has a negative connotation with it, has a, a stigma with it that uh, didn't, it wasn't the same back then when when paul wrote this in greek those those words were a little had a lot more depth than a lot of the english language does so like like verbs and in, in koinia greek are have like 10 different tenses right, it, right. you know i heard dr white talking once about koine greek uh and saying that if there was ever a language for god to use to give his word precisely and, and make sure that it could not be confused, Koine Greek is the most perfect language to do that because yeah. of the amount of tenses and because of the just the detailed, finite specificity uh, with which you can communicate ideas. It's like the perfect language to to make his his word uh, explained fully and make it clear. Right. Yeah, and if, if we, you can if we, learn all the rules of, of Koine Greek. <laughs> right, and if, as, as we move down through here in, in verses 1, we notice that...
that in verse two, Paul. Oh wait, uh, interrupts wanted... himself. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I wanted to do one one other quick thing. We talked about the prisoner aspect, but I, it's important to know for whose sake that Paul is a prisoner of Christ Jesus, because he's not in this for his own glorification. We know that he's in it for God's glory, obviously, but he's going through what he's going through and writing this letter uh, for the sake of you Gentiles, he says. Yeah, you, and we have you to, dirty we heathens. Have to, yeah. And I, I don't think it's a mistake um, that he's referencing them as Gentiles here, since we were just talking in chapter 2 about the wall of hostility coming down and uh, people being reconciled to God, there would have been a gigantic wall between him and Gentiles uh, under the Old Covenant. Um, And we see him, you know, elsewhere in Scripture uh, correcting Peter about respecting that wall and only eating with Jews and things like that. And it's, it's crazy, too, if you think about it, because Paul was, like, the most Jewish of the Jews, you know what I mean? So he right. right, he had all the pedigree. Yeah, he was like, well, he even calls like himself a, a Pharisee of Pharisees. Like, he yeah. was, like, as far, far away from the Gentiles as, as a Jew could possibly be. And, he, and here he is, chosen to be the one to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. It's, it's just kind of crazy. Yeah, right. he's, he laid aside all that stuff and considered it garbage. Uh, which is actually a much ruder word in Greek. Um, yeah, he may have used a, a curse word. Yeah, it would it would equate to a four letter <laughs> word in our lexicon, but um, but it is true. In the grace of Christ, stripped him of all that pedigree. Um, like you said, the Pharisee of Pharisees. It reminds me of the of the clause from the Nicene Creed talking about very God of very God. You know, in a similar way, he was like the cream of the crop. And what is it? What did it net him? Absolutely nothing. In fact, it got him shipwrecked and beaten and imprisoned and eventually martyred, uh, but not without the ministry that he's laying out here in these letters that have been preserved by God's grace. And it's yeah. for the sake of the Gentiles. So there are other other folks talking to Jews. You know, uh, Peter spent a lot of time speaking with with uh, Jews at his time and preaching the gospel to them. The whole book of Hebrews, I think, is a pretty good um, example of a sermon directed toward a Jewish audience and explicating the gospel out of the Old Testament. But Paul's heart really was for Gentile people. And you can see all through Acts that he was very uh, tremendously effective by God's grace in evangelizing Gentiles. That's all I had to say about that. Awesome. So as we get into verse 2, we notice that verse 2 is almost like a change of thought. Um, Paul pretty much interrupts himself and goes into a lengthy digression um, from verses 2 through 13. Um, Even though we're going to just do 2 through 7, we won't go through the full digression yet. Um, We're kind of breaking it up. So he goes into this digression um, where he splits this up at... And it consists of an exposition of the writer's apostolic commission. Um, only it formally, in terms structure, by the parentheses that we see. Uh, let me see. I'll find them. Which um, wouldn't have been in the original Greek. 
Right. You know, right, all exactly. these would be run on sentences, which is kind of hard for translators at times, but um, the thoughts are certainly clear enough. Um, and you can tell when you, I've heard, I don't, I don't read Greek myself, but you, you can make it, you can make it pretty well understood just by the flow of the thoughts right. without having to have commas and periods and semicolons and all sorts of things. Right. And, and basically through this digression, uh, through verses two through 13, it's, it's basically, um, it's, it's the content, uh, in which it serves to affirm his authority um, for the requirement and obligation he lays on his readers um, in the second half of the letter in chapters 4 through 6. So as we get further into Ephesians, we'll notice why he went into this digression. Um, and then he breaks it back into his train of thought from verse 1 back into verse 14. And he says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Um, and he goes on and on. So through this digression, in verses 2, he says, If indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, by that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. So he's talking about the, his letters that he has wrote earlier to these people. Um, so as we get... He explains the the secret knowledge um, in two and three. Um, the secret uh, in verse six is actually where he says he'll bring his his thought to um, what he's talking about. He says to be specific that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and the fellow partakers of the promise in G in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Um, he dives in there. And three times he speaks of the grace of God which was given to him um, in verses 2, 7, and 8 as we, as we notice. So let's see, he says, this grace given to me um, in verse 8 and 2, he says, by God's grace which was given to me for you. Um, and in 6 to 7, um, he says... Uh, according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. So we're noticing that Paul is also emphasizing the grace of God to the Ephesians and to the Gentiles, um, that it is only by God's grace that he is able to do what he is doing and that he is able to preach the gospel to these people and he has been given the authority to preach the gospel to these people and that, that's where paul is kind of trying to give his um trying to uh reinstate his authority as an apostle of jesus christ so we're, and that's, we're slowly and that's diving into that because he's an apostle that's how he has the ability to talk about new revelation because right. <clears throat> it was through the apostles that we got the new testament so um those who call themselves apostles today don't have the ability to do that, even if they claim that they do. So that's why Bill Johnson could stand up in front of his congregation and hold up a three-ring binder full of prophecies and their fulfillments that had occurred to him, you know, in his, during his ministry or whatever. Well, that's that's nice, but that's not going to hold up 
the way right. that scripture has held up because he, you don't have the authority you might call yourself an apostle but you clearly don't have the authority that paul had and you shouldn't pretend that you do um because this revelation here uh changed everything you know the inclusion of gentiles into the covenant of god uh was a huge huge change compared to um redemptive history up to that point you know there were gentiles who were allowed to come to the to the temple and worship yahweh but uh couldn't really enter into the full the full thing that right, uh, that right. He, they weren't he, he, they weren't on equal ground with the ethnic jews they can right. still worship yahweh but not in the full way that the jews could the hebrews could and, and now because of christ's revelation to the apostles now jew and gentile and gentiles of all stripes not just certain ethnic groups but all non-jews uh the, that's that's what a gentile is it's just a non-jew and there's many more types of gentiles <laughs> i mean than there are jews oh yeah uh, right. now those people are able to sit side by side covered in the same covenant within the church if they believe in christ uh and repent of their sins so that's repent. that's a pretty How radical yeah i mean that's a radical message yeah, uh, it's and huge, it's, and I think it's a message we still have yet to truly, um, to truly learn to this day. Because there's still people trying to break up the church into various little groups based on their their own ideas and and right. erect new dividing walls. Exactly, exactly. Can't let um, it happen. And we have we have so many, so many. I can't remember the amount of. Uh, there's almost like thirty nine thousand different denominations for christianity and they're all different sects they want to be different in trinitarian beliefs they want to be unitarian they want to be universalist where they're <laughs> they want to believe they want to believe like benny hinn that there are three trinities like every person of the trinity is a trinity so there there would be nine persons in the godhead or whatever that idea was he was tossing around several years ago i have no idea what he was talking about that time but i'm gonna have to take your word for it on that one (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean it's just it's just it's sad that we can't come to a understanding of what the gospel is and what the gospel is being preached to us through scripture somehow we're distorting it and we're becoming like Galatians where we're rejecting the gospel that's being preached to us through God's word and coming up with our own and I, I think that we need to get back to the authority of scripture like Paul is stating here and he is saying, the only reason I am able to do this, and he is blatantly putting it as plain as day, is by the grace of God, he gave me the ability. He gave me the knowledge. He gave me the wisdom. He gave me the encounter he revealed the with mystery. Christ. You know, yes. And and he, he allowed God predestined Paul to grow up in a Jewish culture um, where he was Jewish from the tribe of Benjamin and and remain with his pedigree and he learned from 
one of the most um, knowledgeable of the Jewish teachers. Um, the name is slipping. Gamaliel. It starts with a G. Yeah, Gamaliel. Gamaliel. Yeah. yeah. And, um, in fact, his name pops up in um, Orthodox Jewish resources um, to this day. Exactly. You know, he's yeah. still he's still well respected by Orthodox Jews of our of our own time. So very clearly, very influential person. And he was very well known um, throughout the cities in Jerusalem. Um, so this guy that it was nobody who was just a persecutor of Christians and wanted all he was doing was he was thinking he was putting Christians to death in the name of God. And then he was found by God. God found him, not I mean, Paul. Paul didn't find God. God found him. It was yeah, by no. the grace of God that he had the encounter that he did and that Christ Jesus even used him as an instrument, period, to per, to go out and preach the gospel after everything that he has done. He was forgiven. He was made new. He was transformed. I mean... This is this yeah, is bait. You look at Paul's Jesus life. Jesus didn't have he, Jesus didn't yeah. have to reveal the mystery to Paul. Like exactly. there was nothing about him that that obligated God to to deliver the gospel to Paul and then through Paul later. It was it was God's divine purpose for Paul to take on that task. But uh, again, it's it's another aspect of the sovereignty of God where God appoints means to accomplish His ends. And Paul was the perfect uh, mortal, sinful human to accomplish those ends um, at his point in history. You know, Paul was the perfect person to to write mo- much of the New Testament and to ensure that the balance of law and gospel became really, really important to people in the New Covenant. But among many other things, of course. But right, right. Um, and it's it's incredible too. It, I was just reading through Acts the uh, the conversion of Paul, uh, and uh, I never really thought about it. But Scott mentioned something about uh, God's grace and mercy, and and you guys were talking, and it's it's incredible that I mean why he was chosen to begin with, and the fact that all he all he all that he did to Christians, to God's people, all he got was, like, smacked off his horse. You know what I mean? And <laughs> right. He, yeah, he just got, I mean, he, he got smacked off his horse and he was blinded for a little bit. Right then. Yeah. And, of co- and of course, you know, he, as as you read through Paul's letters, he does, he suffers a lot. He, he speaks of, like, a thorn in the flesh. No one really knows what that is. But... But he had some issues, and uh, he had some problems, and he prayed for those to be taken away, and they never were. Uh, he, Isn't he that interesting to... that, that, sorry, that just reminded me, you know, he got bitten by that poisonous snake, but had no had no effects, but he could pray for the thorn to be removed and it not be removed. Right. <laughs> which which is probably like depression, you know? I mean, he's... Very well yeah. Yeah, it, it it's not necessarily like a physical 
like a physical his physical ailments yeah that he endured i mean he went through all this pain and suffering i mean he he had to have gone through times where he's like god is this really what you want me to right yeah yeah he could have been extremely although he was usually surrounded by people of some you know he had to there had to be like a level of isolation between him and everyone else because of his authority and who he was at that time being an apostle it, it could have been extremely lonely you know what i mean oh yeah and, i'm sure it was I, yeah and i mean he went he went what what was it celibate so i mean he, yeah yeah he never married um right. he never experienced the the love of a of a female you know of a, of a now, wife now kids. see i've i've heard that he was married no one really knew. Uh, like I don't. He never like s- says that explicitly. More Catholic propaganda. Yeah. Here no, we go. No. 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 <laughs> I, I actually heard this in Sunday school from our pastor. Yeah, I know. Really? I'm just kidding. But um, there's evidence that he may have been married, and then when he converted, she left him. Yeah. Most huh. likely, he did have an arranged marriage, um, but under under Judaism. But then once he once he converted to uh to christianity it's it's most likely that uh his wife was forced to leave him dropped him like a bad habit yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that that was pretty common yeah so yeah that's that's gotta suck (laughs) which i mean if you're if you're prone to depression which is possible maybe he was maybe that's part of the thorn in the flesh that would be a huge factor you know that'd be a huge trigger for which for depression we're just these are assumptions. We don't we don't know. Yeah, we right, right. This is not, I'm not I'm not reading he, into scripture at all. It's just things yeah, that I've every heard. Every one of the apostles taught. was a was a man just like us and all had their own set of temptations and struggles and fears and worries. Um but they but they did incredible things uh through through uh the gifts and calling that God gave to each of them. And uh, sometimes I think it's good to think a little bit about those struggles because we have a tendency in the church to put certainly biblical characters up on a on a pedestal. I mean, we're even guilty of putting our own our own leaders in the church on a pedestal now. Heaven mm-hmm. forbid what we might do to the ordinary men that uh, that wrote the inspired scriptures. Um, it's good to remember that they too were normal people and that. That the real, the real hero in all of it is Christ, right. is right. Yahweh. Yeah, you don't want to like make Samson your hero. <laughs> yeah, he was a bad dude. Except hair goals. Yeah, well, I gotta tell you, Samson was stupid. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. He was a complete idiot. I, I'm, he I'm, just, was. I'm being honest. How many times did he tell her how to take away his strength? <laughs> Every time. Every time. And then he she she went through with it. I don't she, I'm like And then she's like, so that didn't work, so really That tell didn't me. work. Let's try another, <laughs> you know? Like, you obviously are not getting it, dude. Like she is literally trying to kill you. Like this is what she's doing. Like, you might as well have handed her the scissors. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. I was like, man, he just told her how to do it. Just shave my head. Although so it's, it's funny, like, I mean, he oh kind of he kind of didn't know where the power came from. 
because it's not right. really true that the, the power was in the hair. You right, know? right. Maybe that's right. what he thought, but that certainly it, cut off his pride for sure. Right, right. And and it's funny how uh, he asked for his strength one last time, you know, to bring down yeah. his the three thousand people that were up in the yeah. That was a pretty area. epic ending to his story because yeah. like he's like chained to these pillars and he's his eyes are gouged out and he's you know he's, <laughs> right? he's bleeding all over the place and he's talk know. about bringing down the house. Am I right? Yeah. Oh man, I tell you what, it was definitely some wicked. The Book of Judges is is just it is awful. (laughs) There's so much bad stuff going on. In most of the Bible, there's a lot. You know, most of the characters in the Bible that you read about are well, they're not characters; they're real people that existed. But they're all horrible, sinful people. Yeah. Yeah. Let let let's just look at Judges sixteen verses. Or Judges 15, verses 15. Um, it goes into, uh, he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, so he reached out and he took it, and he killed a thousand men with it. This is a jawbone of a donkey. Yeah. This is insane. Do you see people out here today taking jawbones of donkeys and slaying thousands of men? He was we a can't even do like that you. with an M4. Yeah. <laughs> right? This guy's out swinging. The, I'm wondering where all these thousands of men came from, because I bet there wasn't any YouTube back then, right? Because this would be That'd all be over amazing. the internet. Get some drone footage of that carnage going on. Shoot, I mean it's 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 incredible. Because be with awesome. the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have killed thousand men. Well, uh, when he had finished speaking, he threw the jawbone from his hand. He named the place. Ramalathia. Um, then he became very thirsty. Uh, he called to the Lord and he said, "You have given this great deliverance of my hand of your servant by the hand of your servant, and now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised?" So he was he was facing the Philistines um, at this time i believe it was the philistines yeah Yeah, it was the philistines yeah Yeah, i'm almost positive yep don't quote me you should um, be because i'm looking at it right now Uh, but then in in verse 19 he says but god split the hollow place that is in lehi um so the water came out of it when he drank his strength returned and he and he revived therefore he named it anahakor I don't know how you sound that one out, but anyways, which is in Leahy to this day. Um, so here, this this is where it's interesting. So he gets his power from God through the water, which I, I find interesting. His strength sure. returned as he drank. He was revived. Through God, through the living water, which Christ also speaks of in in John, um, which I find interesting. So ordinary means of grace, man. Yep, yep. You so, know, at at the right time of year, water comes from the rocks all the time in Israel. Really? You know, God's yeah, God's providing that water all the time. Like in the spring, uh, all those little uh, natural trenches in the mountains all fill right. up with snow melt. 
and it literally yeah. is water coming out of the rocks. And yeah, and isn't there a the verse Jordan. in uh, Job that talks about mm-hmm. that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 The wadis. The wadis. It's in, uh, yeah. uh, in Nazbi. So those are natural crevices in the mountains that channel water down to the lower to the lower spots. So that water coming out of the rocks happens every year. You know, God's mercies are always new. He's always providing this miracle that in the desert, fresh water's coming down and filling up the streams and um, allowing people to be refreshed. It's pretty incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, I would like to go to Israel. Yeah, you should. We're, we're like doing a trip this year, like um, with the Derlins. Oh, name blast. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. So, um,. Which I find would be so interesting. I I mean, I would... It would be amazing to go. Yeah, you should go. Yeah, I would just... Don't go with a newborn, to, though. Love to walk. <laughs> with, yeah, yeah. Don't go with a newborn, exactly. Which would be around the time, so I'd be like, Hey, uh-huh. babe. Yep, going to Israel. Mm, Good luck. See ya. <laughs> Scott, we'll you and me can go. eat some falafel for you. Yeah, we can go. And then... uh. Yeah, I think that you might really have to hold neat. my hand on the plane because I don't fly very well. Oh gosh, <laughs> have a long time to, to be nervous. Yep, it's a long. As soon as we plane hit some ride. turbulence, Sean being I will lap. scream like a girl. <laughs> Next time I go when on the flight, I'm gonna request the uh, the kosher meal instead of the regular <laughs> meal because those were. Those looked and smelled way better than the ones that I had on the plane. What, what's the kosher meal? So, like, you know, since there's so many Orthodox Jews flying to and from Israel, the the airlines always offer, you know, the in-flight meals. They offer a kosher one for, for religious Jews um, so they can have a meal on the plane. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was basically just, like, rice and white fish. And uh, there, there was a few different versions. I only I only saw the one that was mainly rice, and I'm like, dude, I want rice, not like a microwave chicken breast. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> I think like there was a hard boiled egg or something, which is one of my favorite foods in the whole world. Delicious. So next time I go, I'm requesting the kosher meal. <laughs> the kosher meal. So. Well, now you're listening to Kosher Guys with Bibles. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we kind of went off on a rabbit trail, but so, but we ended with what? Did we make it to verse seven? Oh no, no, not even close. I'm not even I think close. We, I think we made we it just, to verse three. I I knew we wouldn't get far. I yeah. knew it. So yeah, we we ended okay. on verse three. Yeah, we'll start with yeah. verse four next time. So. So, Sean, where can they find us? Well, you can go to our website, guyswithbibles.com, and check out our blog on there. And uh, you can listen to our podcast feed on there. But you can jump over to iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, whatever app you use, and search Guys With Bibles and subscribe and maybe leave us a five-star review if you feel so inclined. And you can uh, find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I'm trying to be more, trying to be more active on Instagram. Our Twitter feed is fire, and uh, we're always on Facebook. So, 
Um, but just search Guys with Bibles and find us and follow us. And uh, you can also email us directly at guyswbibles at gmail.com. Yeah. And we are also part of the Bar Network of Podcasts. The so, Bar! <laughs> so uh, make sure you check out the other great podcasts that are part of the network. You have the Pastor Discussion Podcast, of course, the, the Bar Podcast, and Dwayne's Sidebar, uh, the Just Thinking Podcast, Truth and Fire, Mario Esco Live, and Solacast. So uh, check them all out. And uh, I think that's it. Did you mention the sidebar? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I was only half listening to you. I I don't blame you, really. I was only half listening to myself. <laughs> How dare you, John? I listened to the entire thing. It was pretty good. How dare I... you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I'm going to try think... to do that every episode now. Hey, <laughs> hey Lee, why don't you close yeah. us out? Like Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Yeah. It's, it. it's been our pleasure to provide you with some great podcast content this evening. <laughs> Sean, <laughs> without any further ado, this is Guys with Bibles, and we're out. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> Okay, I'm hitting stop now. <laughs> eat it, eat it. My wife goes, Open well. up your mouth and feed it. That's right. Oh. That's right. Yeah, my wife goes, Well, looks like you can sell a couple Bibles. I said, I can sell some children. <laughs> <laughs> what is she talking about? That's what I said. I was like, Honey. Never! <laughs> This, this relationship's not going to work if we're not on the same page. You're like, get out.